0: السلام عليك ايها الزين لم السلام عليك الحمد لله الحمد لله الذي هدانا لهذا وما كنا لنهتدي لولا ان هدانا الله اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد مفتاح باب الله Adada the mafia in me la sarat and was salam in day imain Wa betawa me mulkilla. While early he was soh <Sess-> be he, woman while la. La ilaha illallah. What the hula sheddy kara? Ilahan wa hidden. What up shahidan shah hidden. One after the whole Muslim moon wa habibana wa kura ta'yinina Muhammadan 'abduhu wa rasuluhu arsala-hu Allahu huda wa d-din al-haqq liyudhira wa d mushrikun amma ba'd ya 'ibad inni musikum wa nafsiyaya bi taqwallah The taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the greatest thing that we can remind ourselves of on a daily basis and especially on this blessed day of Jumuah, the day of gathering of the believers. And may Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala give us tawfiq to respond to his call with a heart that is filled with love and reverence for him Subhanahu wa Ta'ala and to do what is pleasing to him on this day. Perhaps that He will accept us amongst the rakes of those who He has accepted and He has made from the pious, He's made from the mutaqeen, and then they receive eternal reward as a result. On this very blessed day, the most important thing that we will remind ourselves of is taqwa, but specifically the foundation of taqwa. And taqwa, and in reality, every other aspect of this deen is built upon yaqeen, certitude. Every aspect of this deen, all of the detailed teachings get back to certitude. And in the Arabic language, this is called al-yaqeen. And this is why it has been the advice of the great imams and the rightly guided scholars who came before us to constantly and consistently remind us of the importance of yaqeen, of certitude. In one of the greatest books that has ever been written in the history of Islam, Risalat al-Mu'awana, the book of assistance by Imam Abdullah bin Ali al-Haddad radiallahu ta'ala anhu wa the very first chapter of all after his introduction is on yaqeen, certitude. And as it has been said, Ashrafu ma nazala min is al The most noble thing that has descended from heaven is certitude. Nothing is greater than that. Nothing is more important than that. And this is why a believer must absolutely must be concerned about the state of yaqeen in their heart. And for us, when we talk about all of the other levels of human existence that stem from the spiritual level of the human being, the spiritual dimension of the human being, all of them will be affected to the degree of our certainty. The stronger the certainty, the better state at every level of our existence ending in the physical. And then what that translates into in terms of our interactions with other people, the social dimension and then how you and I interact in the environment. But all of the other sub-levels, for example, the psychological dimension of the human being that is affected by the degree of our certainty. The greater our certainty, the greater, the more healthy we will be at the level of the psychological, at the level of the emotional and the mental, and even you could add to that the intellectual and the rational. Certainty is the foundation of all of this. And this is why you and I must strengthen our certainty and to improve it and adorn it, and to constantly move up in its ranks. And this is where we begin. Because certainty is a reality that when it establishes itself in the heart of the human being, and as these great scholars refer to it, علي, But it prevails over it, what happens is that the ghaib the unseen, then changes in relation to that human being, where parts of it, relative aspects of it, become seen. Parts of the unseen become seen, because of our strength of certainty. And certainty is that reality in the human heart, when it prevails, when it establishes itself. What we used to believe generally, now we believe by way of witnessing, by way of expansion of the heart, by way of tasting. And this is what you and I always want to remind ourselves of, that this reality exists. And nothing is more important for the heart of any individual than to experience that and nothing is more important in any given geographical location for islam really to take root than to have individuals who possess this reality that you can learn those realities from and by virtue of sitting with them the certitude that is in their heart then comes to your heart our prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is that he taught us that al yaqeen al imanu kullu Certitude is all of faith. It is all of faith. And certitude is what Sayyidina Ali bin Abi Talib was referring to when he said in his very blessed statement, Lo Kushi felhita'o to Word the ghita' which is literally a lid. And the idea here is that if a lid is covering something, you don't know what's inside but you could also translate it here as veil. Were the veil to have been lifted, I would not have increased in certitude. And what he really means by that is, he was experiencing the realities of the highest degree of certitude, so it is as if that he is witnessing things from the unseen. And of course, absolute knowledge of the unseen, it goes without saying, only belongs to Allah. But, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can give knowledge of this unseen to whom He pleases. He does not cause to see from the unseen, unseen except those that He has selected from a messenger for instance. But Allah ta'ala can also give this to one of the inheritors of the messengers because of their following their path in great detail. And so Sayyidina Ali bin Abi Talib was someone who had reached the pinnacle of certitude how could it be otherwise when he was spent, had spent so much time with the messenger of allah sallallahu all of the meanings of certainty are taken from him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the one of the amazing aspects of the book of allah subhanahu is that it it, it assumes the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a given. By virtue of our fitra, we are biologically wired to believe in cause and effect. And when we see the effect of this world and its existence, we know by virtue of our fitra, our natural disposition, that it must have had a maker and a creator. We know by virtue of our fitra. That this world in which we live did not originate in and of itself, that makes absolutely no sense and it cannot possibly be true. No one would ever believe that except someone who has covered up the truth and thus deserves the name Kafir. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in his book, in Surah Ibrahim, Qalat rusuluhum. Their messenger said, Afillahi shak. Is there any doubt about Allah? That is the Quranic perspective. Afillahi shak. Is there any doubt? And obviously, putting it in the form of a question, the rhetorical meaning here is that of course there's no doubt. Meaning that it's almost like being we're being astonished at those who doubt. Afillahi shak. Is there any doubt? The originator of the heavens and the earth. And Allah used the word here, fatir, The first creator, the originator. Taking us right back to that moment of creation where Allah brought existence into existence. And even though many people are trying to determine what happened, no one was there to witness it. No one will ever know. As Allah says in Surah Al-Kahf, I did not cause them to witness the creation of the heavens and the earth. And of course, it's fine to try to discover the wonders of Allah's creation, but not in a way that it derails us from belief in Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la to begin with. Everything that we discover should affirm what we already knew by virtue of our fitrah, i.e. that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exists. He is the father of the Samawati wal ard, the creation that we see before our eyes must have had a maker, an originator to bring it into existence. And that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what we must understand about truth is that truth Is absolute by nature this means that if something is true it must be completely true it must be utterly true and that the reality of that truth must exist independently of all knowledge or perception other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is the haqq he is the truth with a capital T and you could also translate that as the real. He is the real with a capital R subhanahu wa ta'ala. And truth at this level it is inconsequential whether or not someone perceives or knows that truth whether or not they believe in that truth it can't be affected in any way by what people think or what they do not think. Truth ultimately stems from Allah. And only He is the truth with a capital T. And everything else is real or true in that sense to the degree that is connected to Him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we bring this down from, to the human level, what does that mean? as long as we are drowning in the illusions of this world, as long as we are drowning in the deception of the ego, we're not true. We're not real in that sense. We think those fleeting desires are real in the moment, but then, poof, they go, and we're left with its consequences. But if we're going to be real and to be true, we have to live and walk the way of the prophets. They are the ones that teach us how to be true. And this is why when we're told in the modern world, be yourself, what they really mean by that is a lie. Don't be yourself in the definition of that statement in the modern world, i.e., let the (laughs) nafs anamara bisu, take grip over you and do whatever it is that you want to do, inciting you to evil and just that... Indulging in desire after desire and desire. That's not what we were created for. We were created to be real, true people. And that is done by connecting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and knowing Him. And this is why the scholars of this science, even though we're speaking about a reality that personally we're distant from, but they speak about it and it's of great value for us to know that it exists so that we can strive to emulate the people that have actualized it. They speak about it as fana, annihilation. And the only way for you to really be true is to become annihilated. And what that means is your ego dies. Everything that you think is you is no longer there. You're absorbed. In the remembrance of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, because only Allah is al-Haq. Only He is the truth, Subhanahu wa Taala. And this is what Allah Subh'ana, says: <laughs> that is because Allah alone is the truth. One who mauta, and He alone gives life to the dead, and He alone has power. Over all things and he is forever and eternally thus subhanahu wa ta'ala and everything other than him is forever and eternally not deserving of existence with respect to its own essence but only deserves it by virtue of him Allah's existence is necessary existence our existence is contingent existence. We rely, in other words, upon the existence of Allah for our existence. Were it not to be that He exists, you and I would not exist. And so, our own existence, in and of itself, at the deepest level of our being, tells us, and we all know this if we don't cover it up. We all know this. Our own existence itself points to the existence of Allah ta wa ta'ala. Our consciousness, our awareness of our own existence, of the future and the past, of the very moment that we're in, points to the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the only person that would deny that again is someone who is consciously rejecting the truth. Our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala also says, teaching us, how it is that we should view these matters and what is the starting point? Everything is bound to perish except He Himself. Everything is halik. everything is perishing. Now, this does apply to the world in which we live and when it will end and when it will be folded up completely and destroyed, and then we move into the next stage of existence, which is the resurrection and everything that happens on that day. But also, this verse points to this reality in every single moment. Right now, in the past, in the present, and in the future, (laughs) everything is in reality non-existent. It's here, but it's only here by the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Only He truly exists. Now imagine, if you were so certain of this, that you were witnessing the divine impact upon creation in any given moment, how would you view the pandemic that we now live in? How would you view losing your job? How would you view going through straightened circumstances? How would you view a difficult person or whatever it is that you're going through? You are aware in every moment, Kullu halik, that everything is perishing. Its existence is dependent upon the existence of Allah. Think how that would change your reality. Think how that would help you process Trauma, process, stress, process, difficulties, all of these different types of things. You are aware of that reality as you look out into creation and you observe your circumstances. You observe the people that Allah has placed you with. The more that we realize that reality, the more we'll raise up in ranks of closest to Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is truth, but then, knowledge for us as Muslims is nothing other, by definition, than knowledge of truths. Knowledge that is not ultimately true is not truly knowledge, but rather merely opinion. It could be belief, it could be conviction, information, theory, or maybe even illusion. And unfortunately, that we live in a time where much of what passes over for knowledge is not really knowledge. Much of what we learn in the school system at the level of the university, that in its dumbed down version is discussed in media, much of that is not truly knowledge. Defined the way that we would define knowledge, much of it is just. A lot of fluff. But the nature of the spider's web is that it will catch the weak fly. Whereas anyone that has a little bit of substance to them can just simply move the web aside and not be entangled in it. And why do we as believers allow ourselves to get entangled in the web of the world in which we live? Because we lack substance. But there's no conversation of substance without a conversation about certitude. And when our Prophet ﷺ said, there would come a time upon his ummah where people would eat from his ummah the way that people eat from a plate. And when the companions asked, was it because we would be many on that, would we be few on that day, Ya Rasulullah? Because they couldn't imagine this happening. And he said, no, that you will be many. But you will be like Ruthaqel. You will be like the foam that is on the flash flood, i.e., you will not be of substance. You will be many in number, but you'll lack quality. And the number one way to increase the quality of the believer is to move up in the ranks of faith and certitude, because then we come become very heavy. And this is why when you do an act based upon yaqeen, it weighs extremely heavy in the scales. And so, what is certainty then? Certainty is this objective truth that is imposed by its own nature on the soul of the human being. Provided that the state of this human being is in line with the fitrah and so doubt is a diversion doubt stems from a lack of knowledge doubt stems from shaitan trying to leave lead the human being astray and when you expose yourself to the light it shines and it will touch you unless you block it but what people tend to forget about in this equation is that Nothing blocks light like the ego. Nothing is as thick and creates a veil as dense as your own ego. But the light is shining. So imagine about living in a time where we have extremely complicated technology that is ultimately feeding the ego. And literally, like the way we see our plants grow when there's a beautiful rain, and they grow so quickly. We're constantly being fed. The, what we're being fed is like these poor chickens that are being fed that terrible types of food and all types of antibiotics so that they grow so much quicker. But this is likewise what we're being fed, this artificial stuff that is ultimately feeding the ego and making it grow. Not just large, but enormous. Veil after veil. So then when you realize that, you're not actually surprised about what people are saying about Allah. You're not surprised what people are saying about religion because you understand in a general way what is transpiring. And that is sufficient for the common believer to protect their faith. But what they need to do is focus on how to strengthen their own certainty. How it is to strengthen their own yaqeen. So what then is the definition of yaqeen? Let's look at this beautiful definition that Imam al-Haddad puts forth. Al-yaqeen ibaratun an quwwat al-iman wa thabatih. Certain wa rusuhi hatta yasira ka al shamikh Shamikh. La tuzaziluhu ash-shukuk wa la tuzazihuhu Certainty is power, firmness, stability of faith so great that it becomes as a towering mountain which no doubts can shake and no illusions rock rather doubts and illusions disappear completely and when they come from outside are neither listened to by the ear nor heeded by the heart." So he doesn't get into an overly technical definition of the word Yaqeen. That's also found in various books and I have about six other definitions right before me that scholars put forth to describe this reality in the human being. But what he does touch upon is what happens to the heart and he did the very best that you can do in language to describe its reality. Because its reality is that your iman becomes so strong, your faith becomes so strong from that certitude that you simply can't be shaken. In other words, the stronger your certitude, the less possibility that there is there's something that could shake your faith. So just imagine the situation we're in now where there is a large number of people where their faith is weaker than it was in previous times and the fitna is more serious in our times than times before. And the things that cause people doubt are greater. What's going to happen? It's a recipe for disaster. And we're exposed to things that people simply weren't exposed to before in the globalized world in which we live. And as a result, we don't have the ability always to process what it is that we see or experience. And some people, we, the billah, that it causes them to doubt. But this is where we need to dig deep. And we need to place our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And make decisions on a day-to-day basis where... We do what we need to do to strengthen our certitude. That is coming in a future future khutbah. We're not going to touch upon this today. But it suffices us now to know that certitude is what we want to attain. And we want it to be so strong in our heart that there's nothing possibly there that could ever make us doubt. And Imam Al-Ghazali referred to this reality in the human being. In his book, Faisal al-Tafriqa, And he describes it in a very beautiful way. And of course, he was one of the greatest theologians in, from the Ummah of our Prophet wasallam. But he wrote a book towards the end of his life, Iljaam al Awam al-Ilm al-Karam. He didn't want the common believer to get caught up in the technical language of Ilm al-Karam discursive or speculative theology he realized there was other ways to really strengthen your certitude and no matter how much kalam that you know even though it's a noble science and it's important in its place when it's administered like a very powerful antidote in the right way it wasn't what everybody really needed to protect their faith let alone strengthen it so it does protect but the way of strengthening is a different way. Anyhow he says man dhanna al-iman And this is Sheikh Hamza's translation. Whoever supposes that faith is realized through speculative theology. well, adillat abstract proofs wa taqsimat or academic divisions Is an innovator. بل, on the contrary, الإيمان نور يقذفه الله في قلوب عبيده Faith is a light that Allah, the sublime and exalted, casts into the hearts of His servants. عطية و من عنده With bounty and grace from His presence. طارة ببينة من الباطن لا يمكنه تعبير عنها Sometimes through faith is evidenced internally and is impossible to express at times. So sometimes faith is evidenced internally. You believe, but it's impossible to express. You can't articulate why that might be the case. bi sababi fil manam. Sometimes through a vision while asleep Waati, and other times by witnessing the state of a pious man., and receiving the emanation of his light as a result of his companionship and presence. Wa And there are times when faith comes by the concurrence. Of circumstance and then he mentions a story of a Bedouin man that came to the Prophet Sallallahu denying and disavowing him but when his eyes fell upon his radiant on his radiant countenance Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Imam Ghazali has the utmost respect for Rasulullah, because when he mentioned that he said zada Allahu wa karama may Allah increase its dignity and nobility what would it have been like to have seen the radiant countenance of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wasallam he saw in it the light of prophet and exclaimed, exclaimed by god this is not the face of a liar he then implored the prophet sallallahu alayhi to explain islam to him and immediately embraced it These are the type of people that we need to have in these lands in which we live. If we want the reality of faith to take root in our heart, this is the number one way of all. By being around people of Noor and of light, being around people of certitude. And if we go the long route, and yes, there's no doubt Islam is built upon a foundation of knowledge. But if you have people of light in these lands, people will be attracted to that light. It will change them and it will transform them and it will unlock what already exists within them. The only thing that needs to happen is that there's certain things that just need to be removed. And when the light of fitrah is ignited by the light of the believer, then. Unless that they then just completely deny what they're experiencing, they will be gifted from the bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala faith and they will be gifted certitude. And then if they work on their certitude and try to that improve their state of certitude, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will surely give them increase. And this is what He does when people strive for His sake, subhanahu wa ta'ala. He guides them to His path and He increases them in degrees of certitude. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all to have the highest degree of certitude and to live and die upon the realities of Islam. May Allah fortify our hearts and to make them strong and to protect us from anything that will move us away from the Sunnah of our Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. O Qulukulihada wa Astaghfirullahi wa Lakumulijmi Muslimin. Fastaaghfiruhu rahim Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillahirabbil alamin. Wassallallahu ala sidi na Muhammadin ashSharf al-Anbiya' والاله الطيبين الطاهرين والصحابتي الاكرمي وتابعينهم باحسان لا يمدين وعلينا معهم فِيهِمْ برحمتك يا ارحم وَالشَّرَوْنَ لا اله الله محمد رسول الله ما بعد عباد الله اني موسيكم اني موسيكم Musikum الله ان الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا ايها الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى محمد كما صليت على سيدنا ابراهيم وعلى ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد وبارك سيدنا محمد وعلى محمد كما باركت على سيدنا ابراهيم ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد ورضي الله تعالى سعده الخضر والرشيدين ابي بكر وعلي وعلى جميع الله طهارين من رجاس وعلينا معروفين برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم اغفر للمؤمنين والمؤمنات المسلمين والمسلمات رحيم منهم رحمات يا أول الأولين ويا آخر الآخرين ويا ذل جوات المتين ويا المساكين ويا أرحم الراحمين أنجز لنا برحمه من عندك نسعد في الدنيا والآخرة ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة النار الله Law الله إن الله يأمر better Adir San, Korba, when and it fasher, you will يذكركم get